When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 184, the Mitch T. Ferkins getting belly bumped by some random Los Angelino of Sodes. <laughs> Poor Mitch. I will say, I want to I want to give Mitch credit because he jumped a weight class in that one. He was outsized and, and he was outmatched. Yeah, yeah, he, that's he, tough. He didn't back down. He went face up with the Chargers fan. He didn't come out to Victor, but I no. think he earned some respect in my book. It was a weekend of not backing down. Uh, Jack, that was my segue into you uh, laughing about the Florida-Tennessee game, uh, if you care to do so. No, I can't. I can't do that. Wow, um, what a, a bigger man. A bigger man, no, honestly. I can't do that. I, I, if if my favorite team had won, then maybe it would have been a possibility. I was yeah, totally Vandy. hoping that we would avoid SEC talk altogether, but I knew it would be impossible coming off Missouri's win. Yeah, are you kidding me? Uh, the longest kick in SEC history. You don't think I'm going to bring up college football seconds into our Tighten Up podcast? This is my only outlet to talk SEC football. That no one in the, in Chicago cares about SEC football. Uh, so I, of course, you know I'm going to I'm going to talk about it here on this episode within the first few minutes. If you want to submit a sode title for next week, something that has to be uh, based about the Titans, something obscure and but relevant to the Titans, uh, just tweet at us at Titan Up Pod. We need to fill up on some sode titles. Um, we should probably tweet out. Uh, to get some so titles, but we need some so titles. So send us some so titles your way. If you want to DM us, you can. Um, we prefer them in our notifications, like in on 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 actual Twitter. Um, if you want to at us at Titan Up Pod, but however you get them to us, just get us your so titles so we can uh, fill back up. Look, football season is here. There should be no excuse not to have any uh, so titles. So get them to us. If you sent us one and we did not use it resend it to us because look we're just a couple of guys here and <laughs> full disclosure we're not the most reliable humans on earth but send them to us now also i love playing the game um jack since you and i both run the tighten up twitter account i love when people try to guess who sent out what tweet <laughs> and because i feel like 50 percent, uh, no over 50 percent. i'd say probably 90 percent of the time the people are wrong in guessing it's like who tweeted that one, Jack or Austin, Austin or Jack, and uh, it, that is always such a fun game to see in our mentions. Yeah, no, I, I there are times where I I have to follow up a joke you've made on the podcast or, or something that you are, are yeah. dying by, and just you know, it's for it's all for the brand. It's we're, we're under the same umbrella here, Austin. So it, that is that is a fun game for me as well. Yeah, and there's times when you'll tweet from the the podcast account, and I'll be like. 
damn, that one felt like a me tweet, <laughs> you know, like I'll even be fooled by it. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not knocking the listener. Uh, I say seconds after I tweeted something about NWI for my personal account, I think you followed it up like seconds later with an NWI tweet. Yeah. But that just goes to show you that we both love NWI so much. <laughs> Sometimes we double up with the, uh, with the content on the account. So uh, go ahead and follow us at Titan Up Pod on Twitter or at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. Jack, uh, got a loaded so- show. We're going to talk uh, with our buddy Buck from 104.5 The Zone and here on A to Z Sports. If you, uh, or we're going to talk to him about this week's game. The Titans have finally won a game. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Titans have finally won a game and now they're Super Bowl bound again. They get back on course to Jack and I's 17-0 prediction. And uh, everyone knows week one. one doesn't count. Week one does not count. Week one is a liar. They, it will boldface lie to your face like it's uh, Jadavian Clowney's agent. And what you need to do is just not listen to week one and move on with your day. And it's an NFC game. Doing here. The Titans are one and zero in games that matter. Yeah. Who cares about the NFC? I don't even think NFC fans care about the NFC. All right. This is uh, an AFC only world that we're living in. All the best quarterbacks play in the AFC, um, except for Aaron Rodgers, who is out for the year. Jack, before we get to Buck and talking to Titans, Browns, Titans, Chargers, all of it. Let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. I know my Titans fans got some good sleep on Sunday night after a Titans victory. It had been months since we had a sleep like that. With, with the Relax the Back team, you can have more nights like that. They set out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. And if you're like me and you struggle with falling asleep and you struggle with posture issues, then trust me when I tell you that this place is for you. They've got custom office chairs, massage chairs, X chairs that are designed to fight neck and back pain along with Technogel, Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses, and the latest in sleep technology to stabilize your spine and maximize your sleep every night. The Relaxaback team will make sure you're waking up and feeling refreshed every single day. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glenico Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's over in Green Hills, right next to Hillsborough High School. If you're unable to visit them in person, check them out online. You can see everything that they have in their showroom up on their website at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. But you are going to want to go in to that showroom because they'll let you lay on all the beds, try out all the pillows, try out all the massage chairs. It's really a treat. But when you go in, because I know you will, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train of coming. It's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is September 20th, 2023. And. For the first time since week 11. Your Tennessee Titans have won a football game. Man, it it feels good. It is the dawn of a new day, Titans fans. It is a, uh, the world is at our fingertips. I've never felt so alive. 
honestly, it is. I am a new man. I, I, I can smell like I've never smelled before. And maybe that's just, uh, I don't know, post COVID, uh, which happened in 2020, which feels like the last year, the Titans were good. And I felt this way, Jack, I don't know what it is, but it feels to me. And it's just one game and a game that they won by three points in overtime that the Titans are back. Sweet victory. Of course they're back. I mean, that's a huge game that they just won. The Chargers are going to be a menace throughout the season for every team that they play. And they're going to pop up when the playoff picture starts coming into starts coming into picture because they've got a great offense. They've got fantastic receivers. And on paper, the Titans don't match up well with the Chargers, right? A banged up yeah. secondary. You're without Monty Hooker. You're without Christian Fulton going up against Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Gerald Everett doesn't get enough credit for what he can do in the passing game as a tight end. No Eckler, which was a nice break, but they still have Quentin Johnston. They they have a variety of different dudes that can hurt you on any given week. And Justin Herbert didn't turn the ball over. If we went into this game and you told me that Justin Herbert and the Chargers are not going to turn the ball over once, I'm oh. I, I'm preparing to death be 0 sentence. two. Yeah, death sentence. And you know we talked about it in the cold open, but the. Week one is a liar, you guys. And we were saying that last week. We knew that uh, the performance at Ryan Tannehill, which we will talk about here in just a bit, um, was an anomaly. We knew that, uh, you know, like we, we we just knew that what we got week one was not to be expected. That's not going to be the norm throughout most of the season. And here they are literally one week later. If If week one is a liar, then I'd like to say that and this is not necessarily a, an age-old NFL saying, but I'm going to make it one. Week two tells the truth more than any week that you'll ever see in your entire life. <laughs> the first three seasons, or the first three weeks of the NFL season are, are the game, two truths and a lie. Uh, yeah. We got, we got yeah. the lie out of the way. We've got one uh -huh. truth. So hopefully That's the Titans point. can win on the road in Cleveland to uh, give us the two truths and really just tell us that the Titans are um, here to stay for this season. Yeah, and we will get uh we will talk about uh what's coming up because what's up coming up is no 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 easy task. I will say the last time the Titans played in Cleveland, it was uh it was a nice game for the Titans, but this year uh seems to be a little bit different. Jack, I just feel I don't know, I feel relieved. I I was I I went into Sunday very angry. I was having some streaming issues. I was, uh, uh, you know, I had to make a phone call to Xfinity, which you can imagine how frustrating that was. I talked to a lady on the phone for like 20 minutes. Uh, she did not help me, but she, she was going to transfer me to someone who could. Well, instead of transferring me, she sent me back to the main menu of talking to the robotic voice on Xfinity customer service. And I hate talking to robots. I absolutely despise it. It is, I, I, I don't know what happened to humans on customer service lines but the whole like you know you you don't even like where you don't even have to push a number to the talking to the computers you can just talk to the computers and they're like did you say seven and i'm like yes i said seven and then you know like you have to wait for them to respond it's i hate talking to computers and i did do that after talking to a human they sent me to another damn computer which sent me all the way back and i said let me talk to a representative let me talk to a representative and the represent finally, once they understood me through my screaming, they were finally like, uh, okay, we will set you up with a representative. Your wait time is 45 minutes. 
And I said, oh, my gosh. I was fuming at this point. And at this point, the game had already kicked off for the Titans. They were not playing well. It was it was the first quarter. I think we all felt the same way in the first quarter of the game where it was, oh, no, this offense still looks bad. And it was very frustrating. And you're starting to wonder, like, are we looking at that eight game losing streak that we had to endure at the end of last season or, or seven game losing streak? Are we looking at more of that this season? And you didn't know at that point. And then you, meanwhile, you're like, you know that you don't have many opportunities to not score points against a Chargers offense that can feels like they can score points at will. Sure enough, luckily, the first quarter, you know, we say week one was a liar. I'm I'm going to say week one and the first quarter of Titans Chargers was a bit of a liar as well. The Titans started to settle in and really got their feet out from under them. And now I'm excited about what Tim Kelly can do with this offense. Yeah, it was an anemic start in that first quarter. And I said, it, you know, on our game day show over at Acme, need to see more of y'all down there. We had a great time this Sunday um, that it's hard to believe after watching that first quarter that you fast forward a couple hours later and the Titans come out as, as winners because the Titans were shooting themselves in the foot. They were moving the ball. They, they really weren't moving the ball. I think they lost yards on two of their first three drives. And you kept looking up, and the Chargers only had three points. The Chargers didn't really do anything to pull away, or there was no nail in the coffin moment for, for the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and the Titans just were left in the game. And that's a that's not a team you really want to leave in a game because they can accidentally backdoor their way into some wins occasionally. And they didn't do anything by accident in this game. The, the offense executed. Tannehill flat out balled. Derrick Henry was efficient. The defense was making plays left and right. And Harold Landry showed up in a major moment. The biggest play of the game, I think, was that Harold Landry sack that really saved the game because if the tight or if the Chargers score a touchdown there at the end of the fourth quarter, there is no overtime. That 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 sucker's over. So it, it was an exciting it was an exciting day for a lot of different players. Um, still some issues to clean up. Don't want to start like that again because there are teams that can put you away in a quarter. I don't know that the Cleveland Browns are one of them. But you don't really want to play with fire like that. I'm glad to see. I think I think it was like a basketball player, right? A three-point shooter who struggled, maybe missed his last 12 threes. Just needs to see one go down. And that could be a layup. That can be a free throw. Tannehill just needed to see one go down. And that deep ball to Traylon Burks was that one that went down that got him so hot. 20 of 24 yeah. on the day. That is incredible. Yeah, it was, it really was. And I, I love your analogy of the three-point shooter because I feel like that's what it feels like with the Titans. They had lost, they had missed their last eight three-pointers. And you're starting to be just be like, oh my gosh, will they ever make one again? And you, it was to the point where it's like Titans fans were like, don't shoot, don't shoot. But the Titans kept shooting and finally nailed one. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. We're JJ Redick. Like he was <laughs> like all of a sudden, it's just like we got our groove back. And that's that's the way I feel as a fan. I'm it's probably a little unjust. I'm probably just too emotional and too in the weeds here, but that's just where I'm at because I saw flashes of what has made the Titans great over the last three plus seasons in the Mike Vrabel era, I guess I you could say, aside from his his first season, is oh yeah, when this team plays well. They could be really good defensively. We know they're great. That has never wavered in the Mike Vrabel era. Offensively, 
when Ryan Tannehill is in play action, it is completely unstoppable. In fact, Ryan Tannehill using play action. Let's just go into our Ryan Tannehill talk. Let's get there because I feel like that was, he was the linchpin for the Tennessee Titans this week. And I don't know if linchpin, is that the right word that I use there? Is linchpin good? Yeah, linchpin is good. I, you, a key cog would be a good one to use key here. Cog, yeah. Key cog doesn't roll off the tongue. It, it's, linchpin it's machinery talk. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'm just gonna go ahead and say linchpin. Um, and if it's wrong, then I'll correct myself later on. But Ryan Tannehill, uh, we know how well he does with play action, and that's one of the reasons why it's so important that Derrick Henry is on the field. Yes, in this offense because he commands so much attention and I, and Ryan Tannehill what when he found success in the first especially the first two seasons when he took over a starter was because of how much success he had off of play action well that continued on Sunday on Sunday he completed 7 of 9 passes for 168 yards on play action Okay, he is Tannehill has averaged 11.8 yards per attempt using play action since 2022, which is 1.6 yards more than any quarterback in football. That to me tells me one. Okay, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, not as bad as we made him out to be after week one, but also two, this team lives off of play action, which is a good it's not a bad thing. Living off play action, if you have to play to your strengths, and Tim Kelly acknowledges that and found success with it from the tune to the tune of seven of nine for 168 yards on Sunday. And you know what else it says is that while everyone else, all these fans around the country were saying, Oh, Derrick Henry, you know, he's winding down, he's he's out of his prime, he's not going to be able to lead the league in rushing anymore, he's not the same as he used to be. Running backs get older, they get worse. Well, defensive coordinators surely don't think that way. Because right. having Derrick Henry on the field and, and running a play action to him sucks up the secondary like it did on Sunday and gives you options over the top like the Titans had in Traylon Burks, like they had in Chris Moore down the field, who made a fantastic catch, his only catch of the day. But he's still garnering that respect from defensive coordinators. When, when Tannehill turns his back to them, extends that arm, fakes like yeah. he's giving the ball to Derrick Henry, the game changes right then and there. Tannehill's just got to execute down the field, which we've seen him do time and time again. It's good to get back to some of the stuff that worked. And it's also, you know, we we were complaining because Derrick Henry was on the field for less than 50% of the snaps in week one. Just having him out there, even if you're not force-feeding him, even if you're not right. saying, Derrick, go win us this football game, just having him out there as a a, a possible threat gets in the heads of, of, of defensive coordinators around the league and opens up things downfield in the passing game. It was great to see Tannehill hit on some of those throws this week. Yeah, Derrick Henry has those games where it feels like he rushes for over 100 yards, but he doesn't. And mm -hmm. like that Sunday felt like one of those games where, you know, he broke off a couple of really good runs. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the time, I mean, just didn't. I mean, he didn't go over 100 yards. Yeah, I think he had what, like 80 rushing yards or something. Yeah, that, 25 like, for 79. 25 for 79. So. It, but it felt like just watching it with the naked eye, like it felt like, oh yeah, he's he's got to be over a hundred yards, right? But it wasn't, and that's and but I think that's a a testament to how good the passing attack was. And you mentioned the Chris Moore kind of home run play. There was also the 
Tannehill to Burks bomb, which yes. was yes. so great to see, not just for Tannehill and the, the struggles that he had in week one, but also Traylon Burks to see him making plays because we know he can be a playmaker in this offense. And that Tannehill to Burks bomb, according to John Glennon at Glennon Sports, Uncle John Glennon, I should say, traveled 62.2 yards in the air. Okay. That is the longest pass of the season's first two weeks so far in the entire NFL. 62.2 yards in the air. Ryan Tannehill has the longest pass in the air than any quarterback in football. Two, I mean, we're only two weeks in. But still, like, I mean, like that's still pretty damn impressive. You'd think that would go to a Josh Allen, maybe even a Patrick Mahomes. Nope, it's your boy, number 17 in two-tone blue. And that, to me, was the biggest sigh of relief from Sunday. because. You take it back two weeks, two weekends ago against the Saints. I think the biggest knock on Tannehill was his inability to hit on wide open throws, which was so unlike Tannehill. Because if if there's one thing that you could praise Tannehill for being consistent with, it's his accuracy. I mean, you think back to even in that game against the Bengals, which was arguably one of his worst games as a pro in the playoffs and divisional round. He was still pinpoint accurate on the throws that he did connect on. And the one that stands out to me the most was A.J. Brown's touchdown. Touchdown, yeah. Right between two defenders. That was freakish. Right there in the arms, in the breadbasket of A.J. Brown for the touchdown. A big touchdown for the Titans on that night. That's the Tannehill that we've known. He has thrown beautiful passes since becoming the Titan starter. And if you want to argue with me on that, then you're just being naive because down down the field, especially he's he's been a great downfield passer. Exactly. And the play action numbers only confirm that because you're not, you're not running play action to just throw a little dink and dunk five yard pass. Right. 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 And I think, I think, and that's probably where he's found that success was on play action passes, but you can't, there's no real stat you can put on his accuracy. And he has thrown some balls on the numbers, like right, just beautiful passes. And so when we didn't get that week one against the Saints, that was worrisome for me. Cause I'm thinking like, is this, this isn't like something new with him, right? Like where he just lost a step, lost his touch. No, on Sunday, he proved no Sunday was a weird, or I mean, week one was a weird, weird game. That was a, I didn't get any reps in the, in preseason. I'm just knocking the dust off. Sunday was more of what we're, we're keen to seeing. And that's him connecting on those home run passes. And it was, it was, it felt like the biggest monkey being lifted off my back. And I, that to me was the most, like was the, the thing I walked away from Sunday feeling the best about. Yeah, and look, Ryan Tannehill got back to his old ways. His first fourth-quarter comeback, first game-winning drive of the season. It's the same guy who led the NFL in both of those categories in 2020. That guy stepped up in the fourth quarter in a major way on Sunday. He went 7-of-7 seven seven for 94 yards and one touchdown with a perfect 158.3 passer rating in the fourth quarter and in overtime against the Chargers defense that's Got a pass rush that's capable of speeding quarterbacks' minds up a little bit. They're, they're, that, that, that throw clock gets sped up, have, seeing Joey Bosa come off the edge and Khalil Mack back there. So it was really impressive. It's it's very encouraging to see that kind of bounce-back performance. And we we were talking about it. He doesn't do 
you know, he doesn't he doesn't poop the bed twice in a row. There, no, there's no, usually it, that, that usually happens once, twice, maybe three times in a season, and some it usually comes at the wrong time, like in the playoffs. Yeah, but we knew that that wasn't the Tannehill that we were going to see for the rest of the season. That was right. an anomaly, and I'm glad that he got to prove it. There's a lot of Tannehill haters out there that that should have their hand up, say, you know what? Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I jumped the gun. Week one, it's an emotional week to lose in, and I jumped the gun on Tannehill because he single-handedly won that game, well, with the help of the defense um, yeah. on, well, on it Sunday. Was... But let me tell you what I'm most encouraged about. You mentioned how Derrick Henry, you know, it's it kind of a, a quiet 79 yards from him. Him and D-Hop combined for 119 yards total. D-Hop was the third leading receiver on the Titans. Derrick Henry averaged just 3.2 yards a carry, and the Titans still won. Yeah, those two combining for 119 yards. There's going to be multiple games this season where Henry eclipses that by himself. I expect there to be a game or two where D Hop gets over that number by himself. But for yeah. them to not even be all that productive, and the Titans still found a way to win and still found a way to score 27 damn points, that we, has we, me fired up. We talked about it last week. Remember my? Uh, I, I don't want to say doubt, but it was questioning. Of why are we so surefire on the chick on Aconco, the chick you got it. the chick the chigos um and the Traylon Burkses of the world um why were we so sure that they were going to be playmakers in this offense and you know and because we were we've been kind of all off season we've been banking on on those guys delivering when we've gotten very small sample sizes of them showing us that they will be reliable. Uh, even, even Tajay Spears, we could throw into that with no, uh, with no games. Well, Sunday showed us that, oh, okay. Yeah. They can all kind of, uh, contribute. And there was no one shining star. I mean, unless, I mean, unless you want to go Tannehill, but there was no real like shining star no. on Sunday because it was, the ball was being spread around to so many different options. Uh, Tajay Spears came in and and ran the ball great to spell Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick, and it's not that Derrick ran the ball poorly. It's not like DeAndre Hopkins was was poor. In fact, on the final drive, Tannehill to DeAndre Hopkins was very clutch, mm-hmm. and that connection. That's why, it, you pay, it just, that's why you pay the man. Exactly. It showed that it's it was more of like a team victory, which was great. And there's going to be some games where you're going to have to rely on a Tajay Spears. We're going to have to rely on a on a Traylon Burks or a uh, or a Chig or a DeAndre Hopkins, a Derek. There's going to be those games where one of those guys is going to shine more than anyone else. But this was not one of them. this was a team win from top to bottom. And it was very encouraging to see that. Okay, there's no like, sh- you know, you're not going to have any Titans leading stat categories in anything, but it's not will, lopsided. Like, you can t- still have success from it. We are excited about Tim Kelly because he can diversify this offensive portfolio. Five different Titans caught at least three passes on Sunday. And this is a week after Tajay Spears, Chica Conquo, and Traylon Burks combined for three catches total. Yeah. Those three guys on Sunday had nine receptions between the three of them. That is what we need to see moving forward. That is the winning recipe. And that opens up everything else for the big time guys like Derrick Henry and Deha. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Tannehill's um, fourth quarter stats, because I do feel like that was a narrative that kind of um, uh, 
took a life of its own during the seven game losing streak and over the off season. And, and then even especially after week one, where people are, people like to say that Ryan Tannehill is not clutch. Um, and you, yeah, you can, you know, say what you will about his playoff performance. I think any quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes has struggled in the playoffs at, you know, at some point one or one or at, at some point or another, mm-hmm. but Tannehill's saying Tannehill's not clutch when, you know, obviously he put together those numbers, what seven for seven, you said in the fourth quarter. Yes. And overtime and overtime. And this is a guy who I know going into, you know, his injury last season, I believe since coming over a starter had the most game winning touchdown drives in fourth quarter or overtime than any quarterback in football since he arrived in Tennessee. Yes. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you says one thing about the Titans needing game winning drives. You know, you could say what you will about that <laughs> stat, but I mean, but the fact that he's not clutch, like you don't, even if with Tennessee playing from behind or, or whatever, it, the fact that they need those drives, he has delivered. And that is one thing where I feel like I feel confident when Ryan Tannehill has to lead a drive down the field. He is very good at that. And when they had the ball late in the game or even just the overtime drive, I was thinking, okay, I feel good about the Titans chances to go down the field and kick a field goal. And he proved to uh, me to be right. And I feel like this, this entire show, we are kind of saving private Ryan, if you will, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we are, um, but saved honestly, himself. that's the thing it is. It, you, people are probably thinking that we're say saving Ryan's privates uh, based off of how much we're riding his dick this week. But I think that dick deserves to be ridden this week. It is. He played great. And if you don't want to acknowledge it, then whatever it may be. And Jack, you said, you know, there's a lot of people that were hating on Tannehill and, you know, put need to put their hand raised. Hey, my bad. I think you would set a good example to those people, uh, you know, anyone else that wants to push Ryan Daniel in front of a moving train. If you want to raise your hand and maybe take it upon yourself, say, hey, I I, I was wrong. If you want to go ahead and lead by example, I think that would be very Ryan Tannehill of you to do. I understand what you want out of me. I also understand and hope you do that this false narrative that you're pushing is not going to get you far with me. Uh, you, I don't, you know, we can I go back Tannehill and listen up. to the tape. We can go back and listen to the tape. You know, honestly. I back Tannehill up. I, I will say, we talked about last week how third down and red zone trips are going to define this season. Well, after going two for 12 on third down in week one and, and 0 for in the red zone in week one, the Titans went six of 13 on third down and three for four in the red zone. That's how you win in the NFL. That's yeah. what I'm excited about moving forward. Moving forward, we do have a game to talk about because the Titans yes. go out on Sunday and play a Cleveland Cleveland Browns team that is really, I mean, you look at the you look at those two teams on paper and, and you watch them play even, and that, that they're about as similar as it comes between two teams in the NFL, aren't they? Wouldn't you agree with that? I have one concern going into this week's game against the Browns, and we'll talk more about this with Buck, who's coming up here very shortly. But uh, to me, the biggest thing that stands out against the Browns. That Browns defense scares me, and I'll, and it's for two reasons, two two words, I guess, and it's not Miles Garrett, which he does actually terrify me. I, I Miles Garrett, I, especially going to get up against this Titans offensive line, that is a big concern. But to me, even greater than that, Jim Schwartz. Nobody can run a defense better than Jim Schwartz, and he has proven that. 
week one, they go out and completely shut down the $500 million man in Joe Burrow and, or however much he got. I don't know. Um, and, and, and then even last night they were in position to win that football game. And it was the Browns offense that fumbled the ball away, leading to a Steelers defensive touchdown that gave the Steelers the win. So to me, this Browns defense is very good and it's been hit or miss. Obviously, week one was a miss. Week two was a very big hit when it comes to this offense. So which Titans offense is going to show up against a defense that is probably going to be the biggest defensive test of the season thus far? That's my biggest concern going into Browns week. I hear you, and it absolutely has to be. You, you cannot overlook this defensive line, and you're not going to be able to with your offensive line. I understand that the offensive line may have exceeded expectations, though those were in the gutter anyways so far through three, through two weeks. But Miles Garrett and those guys aren't going to play. Um, if the Titans watch that game back, because it's nice to get the Browns on a short week, it's even nicer to get them on a, on a short week after they just played the Steelers because those two teams beat the living hell out of each other on a regular basis. That loss is going to be magnified, the feeling of that loss, by the loss of their fearless leader, Nick Chubb. It's going to be tough to bounce back emotionally after that. Um, the Browns allowed six sacks to the Steelers on Monday night football. I think the Titans are going to find weaknesses along that Browns offensive line who's going to be without Jack Conklin, former Titan, for the rest of the season. They gave up an explosive play to George Pickens. Um, and, and the Browns also rushed for 200 yards against the Steelers. That ain't happening on Sunday. The Titans aren't going to ever allow a 200-yard rusher this season. I'll go ahead and book that. So no, I, the Jerome I Ford like, is very good, though. He yes. he does worry me almost as much as Nick Chubb does. Here's where I think the Titans can take away from uh, Jerome Ford's performance, not what he did on the ground, but they threw him on whatever side T.J. Watt was rushing from. I want the I want the Titans to do this with Tajay Spears. Whichever side T.J. Watt was lined up on, that was the shoulder that that Jerome Ford was on. You know, to to check him. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. To kind of hit him before he gets yeah. to the right tackle and give you know make make his life easier. Just throw the timing off like a second or two with Miles Garrett. Do that on Sunday, give Tannehill some confidence in the pocket and you know, we all know what the ceiling can be with him when he has time. So that, that's kind of that, what I'm looking forward to. What was that stat that I think was broken this week was um teams that play the San Francisco 49ers the very next week they go out and lose the game and I think that dated back like the last like 14, maybe 16 weeks or something. Um, but the Steelers just broke it on Monday night for winning. But that feels to me like the stat you want, like you want to play the Browns after a game against the Steelers. Yes. Or even vice versa. You want to play the Steelers after a week against the Browns. They're you know both that, reeling. Yeah. For lack of a better term, pun not intended, it is going to be a dog fight. And it was um, last time the Titans went to Cleveland. Correct me if I'm wrong. Week one of the 20, no, it's, it was it that long ago. Week one of the 2019 season, um, where it was one, like what 43 to 12 or something. The Browns cleaned it up late, but it was an ass kicking of epic proportions. And man, to, to go out after a win, to start stringing a little win streak together, man, the Titans are capable of beating these guys. They're capable of beating the Bengals. They're capable of beating the Colts. They're capable yeah. of beating the Ravens. You get to that. You get to that bye week three and three. You start feeling real good. A win against Cleveland will go a long way. Forty three to thirteen. Uh, the week one of uh, two thousand nineteen season was that. Uh, that was Rabel's what second season, and um, 
look, that was an AFC AFC title season. So hopefully Titans can uh, continue that success. The um, yeah, they uh, and the last, of course, the last meeting against the Browns was in 2020 when they lost 41 to 35. We don't need to dwell on that fact. But before we get to our buddy Buck, our uncle Buck, Jack, let's first tell our friends. Oh, let's first talk about our friends from BetMGM. Enjoy all of your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Between one years of age or older to wager, Tennessee only, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. And now let's get to Buck. All right, uh, we're joined now by uh, one of our favorite uncles. Uh, co- we're, we're company men here at A to Z, and so we like to go within the company to one of the best, uh, a guy who covers the Titans through hell and high water, whether he likes it or not. It is both a gift and a curse. <laughs> a guy you can hear on 104.5 The Zone every weekday uh, morning-ish, I guess, uh, afternoon, middays, Mr. Buck Rising. Buck, how are you, dude? Hello, boys. How are we? You're, there's a glow about you. Uh, it looks like it's been some time since you've seen a win. I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for your listeners, which are also yeah. my listeners, coincidentally. So I'm happy for everybody involved. Congratulations on your success. Thank yeah, you. I was well, telling, well, I was telling Austin how this one win is very dangerous for, for my yeah. mentality here because <laughs> I'm now looking at the schedule thinking, okay, five and one by bye week, very in play. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the backside of that schedule is so easy. 13 wins. Are we here? Is this yeah. what's going to happen? But yeah, uh, it's been what? Since last October that the Titans got a win. This one felt really good. Uh, yeah. I to The first quarter of the Titans game, I was spent on the phone with uh, Xfinity and and yelling and screaming at their customer service. And I <laughs> to the point where I threw my phone across the room. Three quarters later, the Titans win the game, and I was – it was like I was laying in a bed of roses. It was – you you would never have thought that I was in such pain and disarray just three quarters prior. A win can do that for a fan base. Well, I don't know. I'm glad that it made up for that much because you know you you all did suffer a significant loss on Sunday as well. You you won the war, but you lost the initial battle in the parking lot. You saw your beloved Mitch Ferkins go down. I, I'm yeah. glad you went there so early because that was honestly that was slated to be my first question to you, Buck. <laughs> These are the important things coming off the first Titans win mm-hmm. in ten calendar months. We have to start with the great one. I feel you were you were photographed with the the great one, and I feel like we need to ask you more than anyone. This is probably the most important reporting you could do uh, when it comes to the Titans game on Sunday. Did you see? Mitch T. Ferkins before or after the belly flop heard around the world. And it was literally heard around the world. We heard it up here in Chicago. 
the 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 uh, planet is still recovering from the shift in the axis. I think that uh, this was pre this was pre uh, this was pre dust up, shall we call it? Yeah, in the parking lot at a very His shirt very, was still on. The shirt was still on. It was very yeah. sweaty at the time, so I knew when I saw the sweat stain. I knew where I knew where we had started because I knew at eight forty five a.m. when I arrived for the nine a.m. Lee Company countdown to kick off with my dear friend and co- friends and colleagues. On 104.5 The Zone, and he, for, we have been doing this now, boys, for seven years. He finds me. I don't know if we just happen to run into each other, but there are at least, I would say, of eight, and now, you know, fluctuating schedules, nine home games a year. Mitch and I have a picture in each of the last seven years at at least minimum five of the eight home games that season. It's it's a tradition like any other. It's It's grounding <laughs> for me to get back to my roots. And to see my my friend lose that way was devastating. But this was indeed before he had not just the football uh, pants on, but he was still a uh, robe. From- <laughs> yeah, which I can't believe he got Titans away football pants like that to me was amazing in and of itself. But the I will say, you know, photos tend to only be visual mediums. But for whatever reason, I could smell the Bud Light Platinum through that. Oh, phone. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> Well, do you know why? Because it was so it was permeating his shirt. I think I think more of more. It's it's a mix. It's a it's a very, very you know how you can go to these places and design your own cologne and things like that yeah. Come up with your own scent. Well, Mitch Firkins is a very, very pungent uh, fragrance that I associate. It's like, you know, it's like your grandpa who used to smoke cigarettes. So you don't necessarily have a bad association with cigarette smell. Um but Mitch is but, Mitch is unlike any other. God love him. I'm I was again. I I was sorry to see him lose that way. He fell he fell short. You know it when you smell it. That's that's kind of the Mitch Ferkins thing. And you know we've had Mitch on this podcast multiple times. He's a he's a great uncle of ours. And um, you know we text occasionally uh, this off season. He wants to get my signature tattooed on his arm for some reason. God knows why. why but I need to happen? whoa whoa whoa. whoa. I, I need to whoa, track whoa. him down. What? Why hasn't that happened? I'll pay for I, that. I, I need to track him yeah. down. It, I've got to find. I would, him. I would chip He's in. He's hard as well. to find. It's like it's like where is he hard to find though? I feel like where where's drunk Waldo? You know, it's <laughs> it's hard to put a finger on Mitch Perkins on game. Yeah, it's hard to find someone. Everywhere. It's hard to find someone who doesn't even know who where they their their self is. So it is. I I can relate to that for sure. So from one of this podcast heroes to another, Buck. Can you can you tell me is is Nick Westbrook Akine the best thing to come out of Indiana since Larry Bird? to leave it to to abandon indiana like larry bird did not quite (laughs) uh i think that uh nwi is such such a bizarre experience (laughs) i said on the game day show that nwi is more reliable than uber eats on sunday and i think that i think that that's true whenever there's a big moment and you think oh it's going to d hop it's going to one of the playmakers boom there's nwi out of nowhere to move the chains and, you know, the, the chains might be a little soggy, like the fries, depending on the Uber Eats order or the distance <laughs> or who is delivering said Uber Eats. But, I mean, the thing that you can say about him is, one, it's it's a hell of, a, of an accomplishment for a dude who did not. I mean, he played at a Power 5 program, yes. But, I mean, you know what Indiana football is, okay? Like, Indiana football is not is is closer to Vanderbilt than it is oh. to Ohio State. Uh, which, to by the way, up. 
Well, at, at least you can take solace in what happened at, at Florida over yes, the Yes, yes. Yeah, that, I, I was able to sleep okay that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, oh my God. We'll get to we'll get to environments at Nissan Stadium later in the podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I think that uh I think that NWI, he's been here long enough. He's improved himself enough. He used to be a running joke at training camp. I mean, truly, like he he fought with the football instead of catching the football. Like it was a hand fight anytime it came in his direction. And he made the team because of special teams and they liked the work ethic. So Ryan Tannehill trusts him. Um, you know, he's a hell, he's a hell of a four. Like he's a good four. And yeah. that's the role that he's designed for, the opportunities that are created for him, like in New Orleans, he can capitalize on. And, you know, you have to stay healthy, and that's not a given, but NWI is probably the thing that the quarterback trusts the most right now because he's just got that time spent. Buck, I'm sure you probably more than anyone uh, get callers like this all the time on your show, but um, the Ryan Tannehill haters, I guess, for lack of a better term, they I feel like they were kind of having a rough Sunday. Uh, despite the win uh, going through one because Ryan Tannehill put together a solid performance after which was his, the worst performance of his career. What would you say right now to a Ryan Tannehill hater after that performance? Someone who maybe still is like, well, yeah, he, you know, he only took two deep shots and, you know, he didn't throw the ball deep enough or, or uh, yeah, I'm glad he played well because now he'll look better for a trade before week nine, all of which are things that I have seen posted on the internet um, since Sunday. What would you say to a Ryan Tannehill hater after the game on Sunday? Mike Tomlin said last night, we don't apologize for winning. Uh, and he's always got one of those. Uh, Tomlin does. But my guy is spot on every time. He's <laughs> yeah. Tannehill is closer to that than he is to New Orleans. That That's just, that's the sample size. Like, you can, you can question him in the playoffs. That's completely fair. Uh, whether he is special enough to get you, you know, to the game. Can he string enough performances together? I think so. I think that a lot of quarterbacks are capable of doing it. And I don't think you have to be Mahomes to like make an AFC championship game or make a Super Bowl. We've seen guys get there with the right equations around them, basically. But he's a good enough regular season quarterback. He's 35 years old. We'll see how much, if any, uh, he's diminished. That's a question now. I think it's a fair question to kind of keep an eye on. Just we start talking about Derrick Henry at 30, Ryan Tannehill at 35, same discussion. Uh, and he's in a contract here. So it's kind of house money. Uh, he's probably going to get another contract, whether that's here or elsewhere. And I think that if you have to grit your teeth and bear it because he's the best quarterback option on the roster by a mile, then fine. And if not, you can bitch about it. It's not going to change anything. Like <laughs> that's that is what it is. And uh, you know the the idea that you have to have an elite quarterback, quote unquote, to do anything in the NFL, I would you know, use the evidence of Justin Herbert, who is an elite talent in the NFL, who just cannot seem to escape the perpetual hell that is the Chargers franchise. So <laughs> I think, you know, you have to you have to use context for all of these things. And the context around Ryan Tannehill is, you know, pretty clear, I think. So you you think there could potentially in a world be a chance that Ryan Tannehill resigns uh with the Tennessee Titans for a year or two. Oh yeah, I wouldn't rule that out. I, I wouldn't rule that out. It's you know, there's there's only so much improvement 
that the other two can make. And, you know, I, don't, I really don't know what to make of Levis. I wish I could give you a more informed opinion on Levis, but he just he didn't do enough once he got hurt for us to see like consequential improvement. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it would be smart. I think it, they would prefer to have a clean separation and that's fine, but you can't, you can't rule it out completely. There are people throwing their phones across their rooms right now. Uh, like they're me talking on the phone with Xfinity right now. Good. Those are my favorites. <laughs> but 104.5 tweeted, you know, after that, I think it was after the Tannehill sack. It was really unnecessary. He, he kind of, he puts himself in dangerous situations at times. But he doesn't have a whole lot of, he doesn't have a whole lot to work with up front. But yeah, he should have thrown that at Tajay Spears' feet. He goes down and 104.5 tweets that there were Malik Willis chants in the stadium. Can you confirm or deny? Oh, no, I, I, uh, I cannot confirm that. That was not really? something. No, I, I, I mean, now where Rich Ferris, who runs that Twitter account sits is literally on the other end of the stadium from where I sit, uh, on Sunday. So maybe that particular section, uh, cause you can hear a little bit in the press box, but, uh, not, I think I, I sit right around midfield. Um, I, I, I cannot confirm that now. Okay, we'll have to double check with some of our listeners who are at the game. But that would that would be concerning. We were worried about that, Austin, weren't we? Because after a bad performance, oh. you know, he's going to need all the support he can get. And we know Tannehill can, you know, sometimes he's a little fragile mentally. And uh, booing him and chanting for Malik is certainly not a way to uh, to give him that confidence that he might well, need. Well, listen, they didn't introduce the offense. They're not idiots. They're, they're not running him out through the tunnel in the middle of all that at the first home game of the year just to hear. <laughs> I mean... You want to talk about about callers or plenty of people who in that organization, maybe, maybe, you know, Ryan Tannehill doesn't read his mentions, but there are plenty of people who do. Okay. Like they, they were not going to risk, you know, the big spectacular non-pyrotechnic entrance now only to have Ryan Tannehill booed off the screen and then have to run (laughs) Derrick Henry out there quickly, or maybe have Derrick carry Tannehill out in his arms with the American flag, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers style. And just prevent <laughs> uh, completely encapsulate him. Yeah. In in unbooable spinning. Yeah. yeah. People's heads would be spinning. Like, what do we do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> just throw him for a though. A little two-seater motorcycle Tannehill on the back with his hands over Henry's shoulders. Oh, they have one. T Rack. T Rack loaned them the thing and trot them out on the on the it, you can put Tannehill in the sidecar if you need to to make everybody feel better because at least you've <laughs> yeah. diminished him a little bit. Yeah. No, that's what they should do. They should have Tannehill next time they introduce him, have Tannehill wear the T Rack head coming out yeah. because then people are like, I don't know. I you, you wait a minute. That's just funny. That's a human in a mascot head. That is pure comedy. There's no way I can boo that. Yeah. So, two weeks through Tim Kelly, and you know, kind of a kind of tale of two games. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill didn't help himself out in week one, but the, some of the stuff that I saw on Sunday was awesome. I mean, the the Tajay Spears misdirection, and then you go option with Derrick Henry for a touchdown. The deep shots that he took on play action—that's what we were used to seeing in 2019, 2020 when things were clicking in the passing game. What, what are your early impressions on Tim Kelly's offense so far? They're just creating a lot more opportunities for guys. I mean, you, you have to be able to help the players out to an extent. And there's, you know, we can talk about Downing's limitations as, you know, personally and professionally, that's been done at great length. But I think that, you know, Tim Kelly has a counterpunch with these players that he's got. He's got a better collection of skill position players that Todd had last year. He's got 
experience in the league succeeding at this. Todd Downing had called plays in Oakland before, but not with success. A better version of Deshaun Watson, certainly, than we saw last night on Monday Night Football. And Tim Kelly did some really, really cool things together when they were in Houston. Ryan Tannehill doesn't have to be that, but that doesn't mean that Tim Kelly can't find ways to get these guys into space, get playmakers into space, and just not make it such a such a head-bashing experience where it's just Derrick Henry over and over and over and over again. And you can do that in the second half. And that's what Derrick's Derrick is your closer. But to have the fun stuff with Spears and kind of take some of the burden off Derrick and create these explosive plays and the Chargers defense, like why they can't figure out play action for the life of me. Like the Saints, Saints have a better defense and the Saints figured out fine. They've got a better coach as well in Dennis Allen than is Brandon Staley. But um, yeah, that was there was some bad football by the Chargers on defense and some really good opportunities taken advantage by the Titans offense. And I I think the Tim Kelly experience, like, you know, you can bitch about the the Derrick Henry carries in the second half of the Saints game and point to that as a reason that they lost. I just I don't think that's a I don't think that's a fair argument to make. They had a successful game play and the quarterback shit the bed. I'm with you there. Yeah. I, I I agree. Um literally there are the two also. We should point out he literally pooped in a bed uh, in that game. <laughs> you know, I mean, that there are much different reasons it's happened before. Bill Russell and that the whole thing with racist Boston Celtics fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a thing. Yeah. You, you never know. Sports thing. are weird. That yeah. That is definitely a thing. Hey, Buck, real quick. Uh, Titan secondary gave up uh, the explosive play far too often on Sunday. Part of that had to be um, due to the, uh, you know, unavailability of Christian Fulton and uh, Amani Hooker. What are those guys going to be back this week? What do you what, what's your gut tell you about those two? I you know Hooker's into the in the protocol concussion protocol until he's not. So I we we don't have a Mike Vrabel update today on Tuesday Wednesday is the next time he'll speak. So perhaps we'll learn more there. Um, Fulton, you know, it's my understanding that he he wanted to play, and you know really? they were huh? reticent to play him. So like Bosa, Bosa was out there, similar injury on a snap count. Uh, Los Angeles gave him the opportunity. It looks like to do that with Christian Fulton. I think it's, it's a precautionary situation, and and sometimes you got to make that in the best interest of your players. So, uh, Christian Fulton, I I trend positively on as we as we sit here taping this on a Tuesday. But uh, you know, honestly, like Titans had as many explosive plays as the Chargers, like five five plays of twenty or more. I, I know there are some some ugly. You know, you got them in second and seven and you give up a, a, a third. You you give up the conversion on third and seven by 10 yards, right? Like there's some of that shit in there. But for the most part, I thought Trey Avery managed. Uh, he had a missed tackle early in the game that let, set them up for the field goal. But for the most part, like I thought it was okay. Molden's, Molden's slower than I remember him being. And maybe that's why he makes a lot more sense in the slot because it's tighter and there's less space that he has to move around in. But yeah, you know, I didn't overwhelmingly feel bad about the Titans passing defense that day because they couldn't block Jeff or Autry for shit. Looking ahead to this upcoming game against the Cleveland Browns, uh, honestly, personally, I feel a little bit better about it after watching um, Monday Night Football. And they, because the Bear Watson, Browns... Not because the, the knee blew, blew up, right? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I, no. I mean, I just, every, every time the Steelers and Browns get together, it just feels like they beat the absolute hell out of each other. They like, do, yeah. Heading into week, week three... To get them. Heading into week three, a lot of teams are fresh, but after one of those games, I, the Browns got to be reeling a little bit, especially with the Chubb stuff, obviously. But I mean, there are just big hits left and right in those games. Yeah. 
Right. I'd be honestly, I'd be looking out if I was a referee in this game on Sunday, uh, with the, <laughs> watching a game against uh, Deshaun well, Watson. He does, but he does have a history of putting his hands in places where they shouldn't be. Hey, folks, <laughs> <laughs> and not getting punished for it. Uh, Buck, I have got a, um, a a question because the to me the the thing that worries me about the Browns is the defense. I Jim Schwartz knows what he's doing when it comes to coaching a defense and he has proved that time and time again, maybe not the best head coach, but he is certainly Peter principal his way to a top defensive coordinator position around the league. And frankly, I'm a little pissed that he's not still with the Titans, but I understand it. Uh, is that the, that's gotta be the biggest concern going into this week against the, the Browns, right? Is this Titans offense, which, you know, has been hit and miss this season going up against the Browns defense that has been pretty stable, all things considered. I mean, it took a defensive touchdown to get the Steelers to win that game last night. So are, am, am I, is, is there something I'm missing in this game that would be more worrisome for a Titans fan? Oh, I mean, you know, the answer is Miles Garrett. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Your, your offensive line, um, you know, not – as bad as I maybe thought it would be, it's not good, but it's not like atrocious. Um, Dillard is a problem. Yes. And that is something that I think is going to continue. Skaronsky, the appendectomy situation sounds like, you know, it's going to be a, a decent turnaround. That's outpatient surgery. Um, and Mike Vrabel mentioned that, you know, the procedure and they'll, they'll keep us updated when they have him back out there. But, because Karonsky's good, like he, he can play. Now they're going to get him, and you saw Dennis Allen kind of put him and Dillard in hell a couple of times with some of the games that they were running up front, and that's going to happen. He's a rookie offensive lineman, but like I'm okay with Brewer. I'm I'm more okay with Daniel Brunskill than I thought I'd be. And Chris Hubbard's kind of good. Like it's I don't know. I, I Raiden played it, okay on Sunday. Raiden's was okay. Raiden's was okay. Uh, coming off the ACL, you know, I'm going to, it's the first time out, right? He's probably got adrenaline. So we'll see how he kind of like gets himself back up to speed after the first time out. But, you know, it, it still is the biggest reason why they, why they will be, why they'll, why they'd struggle right outside of the, the Tannehill meltdown, which I think is an anomaly here. The yeah. offensive line is still the thing that's got the greatest meltdown potential. Jim Schwartz, you know, the one thing that you can say, I don't know if you guys remember catching the Raw Room podcast after A.J. Brown played the Titans the first yes. time, and A.J. Brown's talking about they didn't change anything. Like, I gave, I gave the Eagles everything. They didn't change yeah. a thing. All the checks were the same. All the kills were the same. Like, the offense is the same. I gave them everything. This is not only a new offense in terms of play caller, but I mean, Ben Jones told me on the radio show the other day, they've been running the, the same offense since Malarkey. It's just different dudes calling the plays. This is a legitimately different system, and that that can work to your advantage. Doesn't mean Jim Schwartz won't get you a time or two. Doesn't mean Miles Garrett won't be a giant pain in your ass the entire day. Um, but I think, you know, there are some reasons there to not be outright pessimistic because the matchup obviously favors Cleveland. Yeah. No doubt. It's, it's nice to kind of have the Chargers as a, as a little warm, not that they're a warm up to anybody. The Chargers can beat anybody in this league, but it's nice to at least see Bones and Mac before, you know, going up against Miles Garrett and that Browns pass rush. Is there another matchup you're looking forward to seeing on Sunday? Um, obviously, the Browns are kind of constructed around running the football first. 
that may change not only going up against the Titans run defense, but without Nick Chubb. So, I mean, it's going to be another big day for the secondary, I'd imagine, right? I just don't think Deshaun Watson's any good. It's so, like, they couldn't do anything last night, Cleveland, uh, that wasn't run game related. And credit, is it Isaiah Ford, the backup to Chubb? Last I think night, it's Jer- yeah. Jerome Ford. Jerome, Jerome Ford. So, yeah, he's either good. way. Ford. He, well, he's, you know, he he's a dude that I didn't know was good until he started making plays like that. So yeah, they're tr- doing their best to hide that quarterback. Um, and, you know, I know the Jack Conklin, Jack Conklin's done for the year yeah. right now. Their offensive line situation is is not as good as I think they thought it might be. They had some operational issues uh-huh. last night with the center. They were, ex- they were exposed last night. Yeah, they they really were. So, you know. To get to Watson on a regular basis, I think I think that's the secondary is is not an overwhelming concern for me. The thing that I I want to see is, you know, can can Cleveland do something about the running back combo that the Titans have now? Because Derek got twenty five carries in this game, but like Spears a problem. He's a legitimate a legitimately good player. And anytime you ask Mike Vrabel about getting playmakers involved, like. Traylon Hopkins, Derek, and Spears. Like Mike keeps saying, Tajay Spears. There's a reason they keep giving him this much, uh, this much opportunity. And he block, he holds up in pass pro. Like dude, solid. So I think Cleveland's got a, a decent issue that they have to game plan for, which is you know not something that I thought we'd really be talking about uh, this early in the season. I thought it was going to take a little longer, but they've identified a player who can help them right away on offense. He's making a difference. Yeah, four straight games against AFC opponents coming up, and um, we we were, we talked earlier on the podcast about kind of how this schedule plays out, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the Titans are looking at some matchups against some teams that are a little shorthanded. I mean, you just go up against the Chargers without Eckler. The Browns are going to be without Chubb. Burrow's been hobbled and been terrible this season. Indianapolis, that'll be Jonathan Taylor's first opportunity to get back on the field. We'll see what happens with that. I feel like that's still kind of touch and go. And then Baltimore's without J.K. Dobbins and OBJ went down. I mean, this was the six-game gauntlet all Titans fans were worried about before the season, but all of a sudden, this looks pretty manageable, does it not? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's typically how these things go, right? We, we talk about this year in and year out, and you identify the toughest stretch on the schedule, right? And for the Titans, for sure, like on paper, this this is a bit of a gauntlet, and it just almost never happens that way, right? They'll drop games that they're not supposed to, and that that's the way of the NFL. This the sport is more successfully built for parity than than any other. College football is trying yeah. to get there. Um and the Titans have been right doing now. that for for a decade, right? Beating sure. a team they shouldn't and losing a game that yeah. they shouldn't. Yeah. So, you know, I, I try not to read too much into it um at the start of the year, but this is this is the kind of stuff that you need, man. It's just it's so lame how much time we spend talking about this shit for all of it to just come down to injury luck (laughs) (laughs) you know like which is fine i'm i'm fine with people paying me money to keep talking about football as long as you want me to talk about football in as many ways as you want me to talk about football but like the end of the day healthiest teams in the sport last year were the jags and the eagles found a way to pull you know to pull through and and make that last throughout the course of a season it's hard to do philadelphia is already dealing with injuries and they're they're two and oh and they're off to a good start, but they're not dominant the way that they were last year. Like these things do take a toll. Um, 
So, you know, you're playing a weak division. You play in a weak division. Your corresponding division this year, the NFC South, is a weak division. And if you get the injury luck right at a time when your toughest opponents get the injury luck wrong, well, margin margin for error. That, that's really all that you can hope for. Win your division, make the playoffs, and then it's just a different kind of dice roll, right? I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie The Ring, but after that, uh, one girl watches the movie for the first time and they open up the closet and find her sitting there in a corner with her face all deformed and sitting in a puddle of her own urine. That is me right now listening to you guys talk about other teams' lack of injury success uh, because I have... I, I am I am literally terrified based off of the last two seasons, like being like, oh, yeah, hey, J.K. Dobbins is out. And, uh, you know, oh, and, and Nick Chubb is out. And, mm-hmm. man, things are shaping up for the Titans. Yeah, just wait. I feel like, Week you know, two. like we're Week two. we're we're playing with fire right now, you guys. And Jack, you know, I, I feel like you are doing everything you can to jinx this team and do. I'm just calling it like it is. The schedule looks more manageable now than it did to start the season. That's a fact. And in Jack's yeah, defense, I, I brought up the injuries. He didn't. Um, Thank I, you, Buck, I for just, falling on that sword. I, I just feel like, guys, we, we should know better. And if we want to watch a competitive team from week one to week 18, then we need to just be wary of our and, of our just talk. not speak of it ever again. It, it, it was like Paul Kaharski on uh, on Sunday. He tweeted about how the Titans offense is like, man, this Titans offense, you know, they Average 17 points a game last year. Here they are sitting at 17 points midway through the third quarter. And, you know, what did they end up with? <laughs> ended up with what? What, 20 points? 27. Um, 27. So they, 27. Scored some, they, they scored some in the second half, which was. They scored a fourth quarter touchdown. That happened they, like they, one time all of last year. New yeah, for they, 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 went, yeah. they went on a stretch there. And honestly, and I, I, I feel like I had to unjinx Paul Karski's jinx because I did. I, I tweeted it. I retweeted and said, okay, look, guys, it. The Titans offense is like a no hitter in baseball. You cannot talk about it when it's going well. Like you have to just let it be. We all know it's happening, so we don't have to acknowledge it and just don't jinx it. Same thing with injuries. If the Titans are not getting injured, don't say anything. Just keep it mum. All right. Mum is the word, you guys. I I hope the best for you. I really do. Because <laughs> We're not going to have Jack's a lot to talk about on this podcast. Austin, Jack's, if- Jack's right. talking about the quarterback's mental fragility. And I'm looking at <laughs> Austin is making faces as I, if yeah. he's passing a kidney stone. Right. I, guys, I, I'm telling you, I don't feel good. I like I like I should feel great about the way things are shaping up. But I just know I've been a Titans fan for far too long. And I know that I know how this movie plays out. I've seen this script before. No, you haven't, because just when you think you have, Aaron Rodgers comes out with the American flag on 9-11 in New York to oh, the no. highest of I highs s- and then all I of saw- a sudden the lowest of lows. You don't know. You don't know. Anything I saw that script. injury from a mile away. That was the f- I didn't expect it that soon. But I was like, there's there's been too much talk about the Jets being back. And I have seen the Jets for the last, you know, I haven't seen them for the last 50 years, but I've seen them enough to where I know no good things are going to come to this franchise. And I am starting to feel that way about the Titans. But Buck, we got uh, we got four minutes before our Zoom timer runs out. And I've got two final questions for you. Oh, my God. And I Zoom timer. Yeah, yeah well, we, yeah, we, we got, need to be. We need to be. Well, then we I'll, save, be. I'll, I'll save my script joke for later. We would keep no, no, for an hour no, let's hear if we it. if we didn't. Yeah, you got a script job? Yeah, give I mean, us right. I was just saying, I literally get a script every week. So if we want to go through the script now, I'll let you. I'll <laughs> Damn, let you that know. would be great. This is something well, we can do. 
What's the script say for Sunday, Buck? What's your gut tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, that that Deshaun Watson is going to be in for an unpleasant experience. I think it's just going to be a low scoring game. Bet the under. Okay. okay. Bet the under. We'll All right. There you go. All right. He he's, he got an uh, advanced copy of the script. Okay. Uh, you can make this answer very short. Nick Folk. Is he the greatest Titan of all time? He's not even the greatest Titan to wear number six. Okay. Wow. Uh, well, well, he's uh, not I, wrong there. He's not right. That's a damn. That's a good point. That is a good point. Um, so you, but I'm happy what, for what, you. What, you have a kick. What, what about this? What about this? Nick Folk. Do we retire his number while he's still wearing it? Because that could play into the hands of both guys who wore the number. I think so. But if you're talking about tempting the fate, I think you are risking more than I am <laughs> you know, talking about injury. Where you you want to know what's more tenuous than your 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 injury report on a regular basis? Your damn field goal percentage. You yeah, better right. hold on to your ass. Right. I, that, that, that lightning bolt struck, I'm telling you, the minute that ball went through the uprights, and I thought, surely God, no. Oh, like, yeah, uh, right. With, right. With the way that this works, you want to talk about script. I thought a lightning bolt was going to hit that ball and keep it from going through, uh, through the uprights to try and win that game on that first attempt or that first attempt when points won it. It's just, you can't make the, this shit up. The wind picks up, the rain starts coming down right when the Titans are about to have an opportunity to win the game with a field goal. I, I just, after Saturday and what happened with the teams around Tennessee, I was just like, this is, this is going to yeah. be the three headed monster weekend. This is going to we, be we've... where everything goes wrong. <laughs> We've gone around the horn with literally the three things that the Titans have had the worst luck with over the last two seasons. Uh, the with injuries, this offense, and uh, of course the kicking situation. So it is, uh, we are really tempting fate with this interview. All right, Buck, last minute and a half. My final question for you. Can you get fat again? Like, I feel like we had so uh, you, much you do look content small. to work with. Yeah. Like, here. yeah, it's not even just that you're, you're, you're skinny, but like you're, 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 you're trim. You are trim. And I don't, it, it's not helping the rest of us who are in the content game. That's what I'll say. Uh, listen, the, the, the scathing review of the workout looks a little less scathing right now. <laughs> thank God. Uh, but yeah, it's not as funny, you know, like Jonah Hill, not as funny when he's skinny. I just like, I, <laughs> Well, that's fine because you guys are still bringing me on here to address your Titans trauma, and hopefully we can still make some comedy out of that. So, you know, skinny buck, meaner buck, not ideal for anybody else. Well, all right. Just consider we it. Still you know, when, you see, when you see those cookies in the press box, why don't you grab a couple? You know, just take a few for the road. I, I, I try. Kaharski eats them too quickly when he's not taking videos of Arden Key's ass. Well, in that case, then tell tell Kaharski, tell Kaharski to drop a few workout videos for yeah. us and make them public. Buck, we appreciate your time, man. You're the man. Thank you for all the work you do covering the Titans, both yes. on the radio and uh, for A to Z, man. Thank you, and uh, and and hopefully your script is right this weekend. See you, boys. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Our special thanks goes out to Buck for taking the time to join us. As always, he's he's great. Um, Jack, before we get out of here, I did want to point out one thing. Now, a lot of you probably didn't see this because uh, you are blocked by him on Twitter. But Dion Lewis has been arrested. Uh-oh. Yeah. The uh, former Tennessee Titan and um, 
I, I believe also he is um uh yeah, sorry. The the former Tennessee Titan running back was arrested in Florida. Now, any guesses as to what he was arrested for? Hmm. What was Dion Lewis arrested for? Um, attempting to ride a roller coaster despite being too short to ride the ride. Damn, that's cold. I did not know that was illegal, but no. Hmm. Um. Getting the um, men's league football quarterback's knees broken because he can't pick up a blitzing linebacker. Ooh, no. No. Uh, it's a, is there men's league tackle football? I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Uh, another there's, guess. There's men's league fast pitch softball. So, of course, there's uh, another guess. Oh, I got another guess. Okay. He was responsible for the dead body in Janoris Jenkins' house. Oh, great, great guess. Uh, but no, surprisingly not. I think we all would have pegged him for that, but no. Mm -hmm. No, uh, he was arrested. According to Hillsborough County Jail Officer, the 32-year-old was booked at 3.12 p.m. today on a misdemeanor charge of trespassing. Now, details are still developing we do not know yet whether or not he trespassed by being uh slingshotted into the room a la those uh little guys that were thrown onto targets in the movie um <laughs> wolf of wall street <laughs> if he was just picked up by two finally guys and, a reference i understand and tossed into the window um we would Details still emerging, but he was released several hours later at 11.48 p.m. on a $500 bond. So, mm -hmm. Dion Lewis, uh, yeah, honestly, you hate to see it. Yeah. I was, even One further, you know how micro wrestling's you know, sweeping the nation, right? <laughs> I feel like he'd be a good candidate for some micro wrestling. He's a bulky small guy. Yeah, right. Honestly, if if it wasn't trespassing, again, details still have not been released yet, but he very well could have been trespassing into an R-rated movie with two of his smaller friends mm -hmm. stacked on top of each other's shoulders wearing a large <laughs> trench coat. I knew it wasn't a traffic violation because he can't see over the steering wheel and still has to ride in a booster seat. So I knew it wouldn't be anything driving related. Right, and it's not a... Uh, I. It could be, I mean, glad to know it's trespassing and not some white collar crime like shorting stock, which I'm sure <laughs> he would he would also be good at. Not to be confused with his short and stocky frame. <laughs> um, there is other news to get to, Austin, running back related. The Cleveland Browns are hosting Kareem Hunt on a visit. What do you make of that? So they're just hosting a visit or have they signed him yet? They're hosting him on a, on a visit, but, you know, considering his history and the fact that he knows the system and it's a short week, you got to get a guy in there to, you know, add some depth and, and you know, having an option like Hunt who doesn't have to get acclimated to, to the playbook, who already knows everything that they're doing, probably knows their calls. I, I think it would be a surprise to see him not be signed. And then a lot of people link Jonathan Taylor to them. Jonathan Taylor is not getting traded. Right? No, he's he's not, he's not no. going to get moved this year. Just, just like the way, stubborn. just like the way, if anyone finds Andrew Luck, who's probably hidden in a sprinter van at the base of El Capitan, reading a book about hummingbirds or something right now, 
if anyone was to find Andrew Luck, it would do them no good because the Colts still have the rights to Andrew Luck and they're not relinquishing those. So if you think you're getting Jonathan Taylor, yeah, good luck, man. I mean, unless you've got an extra bottle of Percocets lying around that you're willing to trade the Colts for him, Jim Irsay is not letting go of Jonathan Taylor. All right, hypothetical question before we go. Yeah. If Andrew Luck came off his couch years out of the league and started for the Colts, how many games could they win this season? Oh, man. I think seven. I think seven's my answer. I think I think they win 11. 11? Because uh, yeah, they definitely I, beat the Titans twice. Because he never lost to the Titans. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's not beating. Yeah, he's not losing to the Titans. That's for sure. So there's two wins right there. I've got to take on the Colts. I think the Colts are low-key a threat in this division. Um, I'm not completely sold on Anthony Richardson. Only because Minshew could be playing? But I'm 100% sold on Gardner Minshew. And if Anthony Richardson keeps getting hurt in these games and Gardner Minshew gets some snaps, look out now. I He looked great on Sunday. Did play the Texans, but... If anything, if if I'm the Colts... I'm probably working that into my game plan. Let's run. Let's do some designed runs with Anthony Richardson. Let him get concussed just so we can bring Gardner Minshew. Because you know, they're not going to bench Anthony Richardson. They're not going to bench him. That would look bad. It would be a bad PR move. So they have to find a way to get Anthony Richardson out of the game without benching him. Yeah, that's a good idea. Best way to do so is through that blue tent. People forget Shane Steichen, Colts' new head coach was the OC in Philadelphia when Gardner Minshew was the backup there. So I was got literally, report. when I brought up that analogy, I almost said Frank Reich, but then I was like, no, he's in Carolina now. And then I could not think of who the Colts head coach was. Yeah, Shane Steichen. Shane, you're telling me it's a guy by the name of Shane Steichen? That's not a name you just made up? No, that's that's not a bot. That's not a, a, a we create a character player. That's a real person. And you, you could have actually... told me, you could have said Colts head coach Gavin McDonald. And I would have been like, yeah, that sounds right. Shane Steichen either sounds like a guy who's going to be there for three years and Ursay's going to run him off after just barely missing the playoffs with a badly talented team, just way more out of the talent than he should. Or he's going to be a guy that's going to create some noise and win a couple of playoff games with, again, a roster that he has no business winning with at all. No, Shane it's either going to be a short term marriage or a, a very long term marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried. Shane I don't think Steichen. Like four or five. Th- Sounds like Shane Steichen sounds like an artist, a top 40 uh, pop artist that Apple Music is trying to push on to me. Like anytime I log into any Apple product, it is going to be like, hey, check out Shane Steichen's new album. And it's he's got like kind of an Ed Sheeran sound to him. Yeah, he'll like play the piano in like a song with Adele maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, look, I'm not ready for Shane Steichen yet. I'll start listening to Shane Steichen in a couple of years. Let him get big on TikTok. Let all the, you know, the the Gen Zers, you know, fawn over him at their concerts. And then once he has like a stadium concert, then maybe I'll start paying attention to him. But like, I'm still like, you know, I'm not fully bought into Ed Sheeran right now. I'm still trying to get over that hump. And, and he's been around for over 10 years now. So just give me some time with Shane Steichen. I'm not into his music just yet. So Apple Music, cool it with your hypothetical ads about him. All right. I'll listen when I get around to listening to him. 
stop shoving Shane Steichen down my throat. <laughs> Apple Music. Shane Steichen album out now. Uh. <laughs> hey, have you heard that new Shane Steichen cut? It's pretty good. Uh, he, he, I really like what he did. And then apparently, I heard he's doing a collab with Rihanna. What? Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, Jack. This is what we do. This is what we do at the end of a uh, podcast. We just go, we run way too long going on hypotheticals about Shane. Dion Lewis and Shane Steichen. Yeah. Kareem Hunt. If, if the Browns sign him, I think, I think we need to, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Browns are going to sign Kareem Hunt because they love to sign guys with troubled pasts. And so why stop now with Kareem Hunt times two, this would be now the second time that they've signed him given his checkered past and you know you throw deshaun watson into that mix honestly if you're just a person with a uh you know shadiness in your past look alec baldwin you want a job <laughs> kevin spacey hey why don't you give oh. give give the browns a call i <laughs> him and deshaun watson would be a problematic duo i they would probably work well together honestly um the uh, although only one of them was acquitted of everything that they've been uh, charged against, <laughs> and it's not the two hundred million dollar quarterback. All right, we're gonna get out of here. It's Brown treacherous waters. Week. We are in treacherous waters. Right we here. really are. We are. I mean, look. I'm just look. I'm not speaking anything that's not true. In that's what you the, get from uh, us. Just the facts. Tighten up podcast. Just the facts. Look, week one is a liar. Week two is the foregone truth. And that's what you're going to get from us on the podcast right after week two. Hopefully week three is uh, the second truth in our two truths and a lie to kick off the 2023 season. Follow us on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. Follow us on on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. Um, got a lot of uh, fun clips going up there and, and just Titans content. You want to make your feed all Titans related because you love the Titans, especially if you're listening to this podcast, especially if you're listening to this podcast, this deep into the podcast. So follow the follow both those accounts and make your feeds more Titans friendly and follow Jack at Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. You can follow myself on Twitter at Austin Huff. We're constantly posting about the Titans and keeping you informed. And we're building a, a hell of a community with this podcast, all of our tuppers out there. We appreciate you guys. If you want to rate review and subscribe to the podcast, we encourage you to do so. It obviously it helps us out a ton and it helps us to build this larger community that we are trying to build. But before we get out of here, I got to ask Jack, do you have anything for the road? I don't, don't get too high. Don't get too low. It's the Tannehill experience, baby. Just stay even keel. He's going to, he's going to do it. He's going to get the Titans to the playoffs. Just trust. Trust the process. I feel like I'm living in the bizarro world right now with where my co-host who wanted to push Tannehill in front of a train not too long ago is now all of a sudden all in. He's like, he's all but wearing a Ryan Tannehill jersey on <laughs> this on this podcast. Like, I think he has uh, his face painted with uh, two 17s on e each one of his cheeks. No, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill is just holding me at gunpoint for the last two yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, right. Or that. Or that. And I'm not referring to his face cheeks either. Folks, all right. Uh, follow A to Z Sports on socials at A to Z Sports. We appreciate each and every single one of you guys who uh, get us and get this podcast. And, and appreciate and listen every week. Thank you. We love you. Uh, until next week. Browns hate week. Tighten, Tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.